0: all right welcome back and it is that time again in the show where i bring on the illustrious the magnificent the uh, benevolent and all the other in between phrases you want to sum up for this guy he is the 94wip show producer and the hosting co-creator of the birds iq podcast you can see on the edge of sports.com kyle coin kyle what's up man welcome back uh how are you sir it's a good day today yeah it is a good day i'm a little bit under the weather but i'm, I'm trudging through kyle um Yeah. 11 to one, Kyle Quinn. And, uh, I'm going to give you your time here because you definitely deserve it. Uh, let's talk about that Titans game. I don't know if there's anything negative that you can bring up, uh, maybe with the exception of the 12 penalties. Other than that, Kyle Quinn, um, it might've been one of the most cleanest dominating football games that we've had in this town in a while. (laughs) Absolutely. was. I mean, that was nothing short of, uh,
1: probably one of the bigger ass weapons that you'll see around the national football league, especially when it's two, uh, top considered top teams, uh, off against each other. Obviously, you don't see that happen very often. But, yeah, I mean, you go into that game with concerns about, you know, a whole bunch of different things, right? The special teams, the ability to stop a run, the passing game. They had a clear response and answer for all of those things. Uh, The special team somehow was really good, even though I think that was partly due to the fact that, the punter was not very good. He was out kicking his coverage pretty much on uh, every play there. But Britton Covey had a good game, probably his first ever, maybe his last, we'll see. Uh, the defense held Derrick Henry to 30-something yards, which was kind of a trend for him the past few weeks, but nonetheless, very good job of uh, the Eagles' defense to stop the number one weapon on that Titans offense. And then you saw what happened after that, we talked about it this week, where when you stop Derrick Henry, you stop the Titans, you stop their offense because they had nothing, nothing going uh, through the passing game. I mean, Tannehill can beat with his legs a little bit, but uh, but beyond Traylon Burks, who left the game early with an injury, uh, they really have nobody else out there who can beat you. And, uh, man, I, I mean, look, I, even I was wrong in the fact that I thought this was going to be a tighter game and the Titans would sort of bring the Eagles down to their level of play, um, as far down, you know, as that, as that may have been. Uh, but they didn't, I mean, they, we just completely dominated them in every single phase of the, uh, of the game. And yeah, I mean, that's, uh, it, the penalties are obviously the one issue that you're going to pull out of that game. But I know, uh, Nick Siriani addressed it. I think during the game where he was talking to one of, I forget who it was, one of the sideline reporters, but he said that they were basically working on something throughout the week where it was like, you know, difference with snap counts, cadence, stuff like that. So hopefully that's just something that uh, we saw there and that's something that they'll be able to clean up with a few more practice sessions. But yeah, I mean, this is uh, for guys like us who have to sit down and talk about and complain about the game. uh, That left us with not very much to talk
0: and complain about, that's for sure no and then the big story or the big after story or the big story of the game you mentioned Traylon burks that uh, that injury occurred on his very first nfl touchdown pass so uh that was his first one of the season of his career as well um and then of course you mentioned the other uh part of Traylon burks and it's aj brown uh, eight receptions 119 yards two touchdowns definitely maybe a little bit of an extra pep in his step on sunday as he was facing off against the team that decided they wanted to move on from him but um one thing i want to bring your attention though kyle is the i guess in the course of the game the uh, titans uh management team to include former gm john robinson was in in attendance at the link and he was getting it from the eagle faithful uh it seemed like pretty relentlessly up there in the box um it's, I, I bet you uh, jeff laurie's box is closed off just i'm just saying anyway um yeah, uh, the titans went ahead and fired their gm uh, i believe it was monday um and uh, you know is this in direct response to the aj brown trade
1: yeah i mean it's it's never one thing right i mean usually it's a, an accumulation of things when uh, an executive high up like that uh get canned especially on a team like the titans i mean the titans were the number one seed last year still at the top of that division uh now what seems to be the case with me or what i've seen from afar I don't think that he, uh, he being John Robinson, and Mike Rabel really got along and were in lockstep with everything they wanted to do. I mean, you saw Mike Rabel's reaction when they traded A.J. Brown. on yeah. I mean, he got up and had to walk out of the room. So, clearly, uh, there, there must have already been some friction between him and the general manager, Robinson. And, and I'm sure that was just sort of putting it in the forefront. Like, look, this is maybe one of your biggest mistakes uh, ever. And it totally came around and killed us. Uh, so I think that was sort of maybe the straw that ended up breaking the camel's back. But I do think there was a lot of other things uh, that that
0: sort of went into that decision. There All right. So let's turn the page as we have a tendency to do uh, quickly in the NFL. Uh, Sunday is looming. Eagles are back on the road after a little bit of a homestand. Uh, MetLife Stadium is the venue now as we uh, had to wait to week 14 to get a crack at the Giants. The resurgent New York Giants, 7-4-1, are playing... Um, Inspired football under their new head coach. Uh, you know, uh, say what you want, uh, the Eagles. This is a very important game. Uh, I mean, the Eagles have only played three NFC East games now up to this point. It's going to be NFC East heavy for the rest of the way. But the Giants are the first in the shoot, and the Eagles will be going. And them with their white and green combos. Giants going with their traditional blue and white combo as well. Uh, weather up there at MetLife on uh, Sunday is supposed to be a little rainy uh, in the mid forties. So could be an interesting. Uh, could make for an interesting game. Uh, Kyle Quinn, uh, talk to me a little bit about your, what is, because you're not a big Giants fan, you're not, and uh, neither am I, Uh, the Giants came out of nowhere, Uh, Brian Dable's got them playing above their heads, Um, talk to me a little bit about your your impressions of the Giants thus far this year. Well, I definitely think they're a team of overachievers, record-wise, and a lot of that definitely has to do
1: with uh, Brian Dable and, of course, the fluky endings to some games uh, a little bit earlier in the season. You know, the Giants coming back, I think, down 14 to the uh, to the Ravens, and they did the same similar to the Packers, so uh, just some kind of weird end-of-game stuff that uh, that happened with the Giants that ended up getting their record to where it is now, and like I said, I do think a lot of that has to do with the coaching, but I think the Giants team that we've seen over the past few weeks is more of the real Giants team than the one that we've been seeing uh, at least through, you know, maybe the first 10 weeks of the season or so. But, I mean, look, this is a very important game. It's not because the Giants are a great team. Uh, They are a division rival. But, look, I mean, when you have only a two game lead, really, on Dallas and another game against them coming up, uh, you really can't afford to lose any ground, especially before that game, uh, being that Dallas plays Houston this week and then Jacksonville next week, two games that, you know, on paper. They should win. You don't want that game uh, against Dallas being for the NFC East. And it, it, it could be if Dallas wins the next two and we lose one of these next two uh, versus the Giants or the Bears. So, yeah, I mean, in that sense, it's going to be tough. And um, there's, there's a lot on the line here. I think the thing that really scares me the most is not the Giants themselves it's the weather and that stadium i mean that stadium is is a hellhole for injuries and the turf already is is noted notably bad by uh you know many players throughout the league and it's been uh it's been a place where the eagles have gotten sort of decimated by injuries in years past i always can't stand uh when we have to go to MetLife. it just really feels like a, a big speed bump you know not not just because you have to play the giants but you sort of have to Pray that you're getting out of there unscathed. So uh, the turf plus the weather has me just a little bit worried. I'm hoping that this isn't one of those games where we start to see some of those uh, some of those guys fall and you know things start. I mean, I mean, look, like 2017 season. This is right around the time. Actually, today is the exact date uh, that Carson Wentz tore his ACL. So we know how quickly things can
0: change uh, in in that regard. So that's really the one thing that, that has me super nervous about something. Yeah, and injury report-wise for the uh, Giants, obviously some concerns along the left side of the O-line. Um, Joshua Zikudu and Shane Lemieux both are listed as out in this game. That's that's their one and two on the left side. And then the huge news, uh, Saquon Barkley is apparently going to be a game-day decision whether or not he's going to go dealing with a bad neck. For the Eagles, Sean Bradley is the only one listed as out. And then uh, Avante Maddox, of course, his window of reactivation has begun. I don't know if he's going to make this game. I don't think he is, but... Um, Kyle, uh, injury wise, Saquon and the Giant offensive line, huge news for the Eagles. It is, for sure. And uh, on the Maddox thing, I think the day where he would be
1: activated is today and the Eagles do have an open roster spot that go. they've left open all week, which to me indicates that they are indeed preparing for Maddox to be back this week. However, uh, you might see something like they did with Jordan Davis last week where they're sort of limiting his reps. I mean, you know, uh, Josiah Scott has been okay in filling in for Avante Maddox, and the Giants are by no means a, uh, a huge threat to uh, kill you through the air. But the Barkley thing, yeah, the Barkley thing's obviously massive, and it, it has me wondering if that, Injury. Uh, I don't know how long it's been lingering for him. Uh, it makes me wonder if that's been a part of sort of his uh, his downturn in production over the last few weeks. I mean, he just what? has not been the vintage explosive Saquon Barkley that we saw from him at the beginning of the season. Now, some of that might have to do with the. Uh, offensive line injuries, and some of that might just have to do with, you know, people uh, the, the book being out on the Giants' offense so to speak, and the uh, secret's out that it's really centered entirely around Saquon Barkley, uh, but yeah, I mean if Barkley can't go, obviously I don't see any way which the Giants' offense is going to be able to really move the ball against the Eagles, and uh, you know if he's hurt, banged up, and that neck injury has been bothering him for the past few weeks, then we could probably see something similar in terms of rushing output for him, and uh, it's sort of like we saw last week with Derek Henry so, um, I, I think the run defense has sort of, uh, at least over the last few weeks, seemed to have uh, corrected itself a little bit. So, hopefully that can continue this week if Barkley
0: can go. So, what do you think is going to happen down there on the rain-soaked, um, as you say, hellhole of a stadium at life on Sunday? I got to tell you, I, I mean, look, I usually – I tend to just get these weird,
1: like, I'm not going to, I don't think they're going to lose. I I think they're going to win. But uh, all week, last week, when everyone was saying, oh, like the Titans are going to be so tough, the Titans are going to be so tough, just that alone had me thinking, you know what, I have a good feeling that the Eagles are going to come out and just kick their ass. That's exactly what they did. Obviously, there's no, you know, there's no basis to that, uh, to that thought whatsoever. But this week has kind of been the opposite, where everyone's kind of talking about Dallas right now, which is two weeks away. Uh, and we're going to be on the road against the Giants Who, you know, given us a little bit of trouble The past few years I mean, that was probably Jalen Hurts' worst game of his career yeah. uh, in, in the
0: took all those things into consideration as well and then there's another wild card and that's Brian Dable don't forget Brian Dable is the offensive coordinator that benched Jalen Hurts in the national championship game a few years back when he when they both were with Alabama so if anybody out there knows Jalen Hurts and maybe how to exploit him it would be Brian Dable so all those things plus that for me also factor into that as well yeah and you know the Dable thing is is
1: funny to me because Dable was the offensive coordinator but Let's be honest. Who do you think made
0: the call? Oh, yeah.
1: The ultimate call to bench Jalen it Hurts saving. in that game yeah, it was it probably saving. was not Brian Dable, and it was Nick Saban, who uh, Jalen Hurts has a lot of love for. So I'm not sure if that's uh, a motivating factor for Jalen Hurts. Now, to your point, it might be uh, an advantage to the Giants, where Dable could probably get in uh, Link Martindale's meeting room and give him a few tips on how to stop Jalen. But. Let's be real. I mean, Jalen is a completely different player than he was in Alabama at this Ooh. point. I mean, the guy is an MVP candidate. He very clearly has exceeded so many people's expectations. Uh, he's not, you know, you're not just going to be able to turn on film from the years at Alabama when they were together and uh, know how to stop Jalen Hurts' Eagles offense. uh a lot more little nooks and crannies
0: to it. A lot more guys that compete be besides just Jalen Hurts. So uh, they're going to have their hands full down there. Oh, absolutely. It's going to be a good game. Um, so, Kyle, three keys to Eagle victory. All right, well, the first one, obviously, and this one's predicated on whether or not Saquon Barkley can
1: go, but also, uh, Daniel Jones himself, I know, I think we've mentioned this the last few times that we've talked about Eagles-Giants games, but the guy can skew a little bit. I mean, he's averaging 5.7 yards per carry uh, so far this season. I think he has 91 rushing attempts, 500 yards, something like that, so he's, you know, he can get it done on the ground a little bit. Okay. Obviously, that changes when, if, uh, if if Barkley's not able to go or if Barkley's not really that effective, then, you know, you got... Uh, you're going to be able to key in on just Daniel Jones a little bit more. But the first one's obviously going to have to be bottling up uh, Saquon Barkley and bottling up that run game. That's been the one thing that uh, people point to that, you know, still people think could still might hurt the Eagles, and it still could. You know, I mean, last week, stuff like that uh, to get out of those blitzes. And then the third one is going to be keep your foot on the gas. So much like they were able to do against the Titans, uh, the Eagles are going to have to do that against the Giants, not coast. I don't want to see any of that pre-bent, uh, any of that you know playing off in the second half. They get a big lead because the Giants have shown this year uh, that they, they hang around in games. They play hard for Brian Dable. Um, and, and they're never really, they never really consider themselves out of it. We've seen them come back and, and sort of surprise some teams before. And, you know, it, I mean, look, it, the Eagles uh, are on paper, and I think by record a much better team than New York Giants, but division game on the road, uh, anything can happen. So it's going to be one of those kind of games where if you get out to a big lead, you got to keep that big lead. And uh, I think with the way the Eagles are able to run the ball this season, that should be a pretty easy test
0: yeah you know and the giants have been a really nice story i guess if you're a giants fan this year they have been but the last two weeks for me have been really telling about the giants when uh you know in the spotlight when they needed these wins these divisional wins dallas and and the commanders they came up pretty small um you know that tie is probably going to end up coming back to hurt them big time at some point but uh they've come up they've come up in my opinion pretty small and um maybe they're not quite ready yet but obviously they're probably going to be a team that we have to be concerned about in the years to come not necessarily thinking that that is now, but you're right. There's a lot of traps and 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 pitfalls and all that in this game. Um, my my three keys to ego victory are just actually it's one, wash and repeat against the Titans. The same game plan, do the same thing you did. You shut down Derrick Henry, and then you made Ryan Tannehill try to beat you. Uh, Dan Jones is actually probably a worse quarterback than Ryan Tannehill when it comes to game managing and big game experience. So, if you watch and repeat the same game plan, I think the Eagles should be fine. Wouldn't it be nice if you could just
1: copy and paste performances from past weeks and just yeah. insert them into – It <laughs> would <be. laughs> It would be nice. Would, uh, you know, we, we would definitely have plenty to, to pick from this Eagles season and, uh, you know, use them. It would be. It, but, uh, but, yeah, one positive you can take out of this Giants season sort of the overachieving uh, record-wise. Is that I mean the, the one thing that seems to be holding them back, or at least from our perspective, um, from being a legitimate threat this year, is probably the quarterback, right? And um, if you're one of those guys who thinks one of these kids in college is going to come up be a savior for any team, then the Giants uh, not being in one of those top ten picks could end up biting them a little bit. So uh, yeah. it, it's fine if they, they win a little a few more games, maybe not uh, any of the ones against the Eagles, but you know maybe if uh, maybe if we're clinched everything by the last game, we can just toss them another win, get them, uh, get them out of that running for one of those top QBs, but yeah, uh, you mentioned that tie uh, last week, that definitely was way more of a loss for
0: the Giants, yeah. and more of a win uh, for the Commanders, who were you know nipping at their heels a little bit, so yeah, I'm totally with you, I think the uh, the Giants that we've seen over the last few weeks is the real Giants. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I think they're a nice story, and I think they're, unfortunately for us, they're back, so to speak, but uh, they're not ready yet. Then maybe next season. If you said, if you mentioned it's going to be that quarterback, Dan Jones is not the answer. Uh, you never draft a quarterback out of Duke. I don't care who the hell you are. You never draft a quarterback from Duke. Anyway, are there even other QBs that came out of Duke. Uh, I don't even remember. Yeah, there isn't. That's because there isn't. Uh, that's I. Why. Yeah. yeah that's why. You don't draft a quarterback. From Duke. All right, uh, Kyle. Let's remind the folks at home. We're going to get into the prediction of score. You're now ten and two, and you're running away with this thing. Uh, I'm 5-7, and uh, just hoping to get back to 500, hopefully, for the season. Uh, Let's go ahead with your prediction of score. Yeah, so uh,
1: like I said, I think it's going to be a little bit closer than a lot of people are making it out to date. Uh, but I think the Eagles are going to do enough to come out with the victory. I could see the Giants maybe making it tight at the end. You know, sort of something like twenty-four to thirteen with a late score by the Giants, and it gets a little dicey toward the end. But uh, but I'm thinking it could. It's probably going to be something in the range of twenty-four to twenty. I've seen a
0: nice, nice, uh, slim margin of victory for our birds. Now again, I am going to. You know, I made the predictions back in August, and I went game by game, and I have not. I've stayed true to that prediction, and I'm going with. I'm staying with this week, and I got the Eagles this week. I got the Eagles twenty-eight twenty-one. So uh, I oh, think lovely. it's. I think it's going to be a close one too. But yeah, I'm going with the Eagles too. I don't know how you take that, but. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, honestly, man, that scares me a little bit. Given your, uh, your recent back. <laughs> well, I've picked the Eagles uh, one, two, three, four, four times so far this year. Oh, so, wow. and I've won all four of them. So you know. A lot of faith, man. Yeah. A lot of faith, you've All right. Anyway, well, when you pick an eight nine record, Kyle, obviously I didn't pick up much, but yeah, to stick with that. Not, yeah. not, that. that eight nine record, by the way, not going too hot. No, no, obviously I didn't meet the mark. <laughs> thankfully, and I, I've, I've said that I'm glad I did. I'm glad I was wrong. Hey, hey, my, my twelve and five's not going too hot. No, but you you've revamped that, and you've put yourself pretty much out there. Um, I have. And, I have, and you know what? Last week was a little, uh, a little scary for me. The week leading up, but you know now, now I feel pretty good. I'm feeling like I might be able to coast here. All right, we'll see. Um, obviously, you know the meaningful game part of this probably is going to come into play here really soon. So hopefully, you get to that point, and there's no real need to worry. So uh, MVP yes. of the game, Kyle Quinn. Who is it?
1: Well, you know, last week, I, I, I actually think I nailed my MVP of the game. You could probably go with Jalen Hurts, but how about A.J. Brown dropping a deuce, mm-hmm. and two touchdowns, uh, or 100 yards and a deuce on the uh, Giants there. Deuce, isn't that good? Uh, but I'm going to stick with my revenge game theme here, and I'm going to go with Mr. James Bradbury. Now, I know it's difficult for a corner to win a MVP of the game, but uh, you get a, get a nice timely pick six in there to, to put us ahead. Uh, good bits with
0: the end of the game, and uh, I think you'll give it to Mr. James Bradbury. Revenge, baby, revenge. Yeah, uh, I'm going with Devonta Smith. Uh, Devonte Smith, sorry. Uh, um, my fantasy football season has gone just about as my Eagles prediction <laughs> of season has gone. I'm decimated with injuries up and down my offense. Devontae's in this week. I need a big game. Devontae Smith is my MVP. I like him,
1: man, and, and you know what? Uh, this whole, like, uh, idea. It really speaks to how good our offense is and how many options that we have. That you know, Devontae Smith would definitely be a number one on a lot of teams. Uh, but you know, you'll have your games where AJ goes for a hundred, uh, Devontae doesn't have much, and then you know, next week you flip it. Last week they both ate uh, a ton, so you know, we'll see how that changes with Dallas Goddard in the fold. But man, I'm, I'm, I'm nothing but. I mean, I'm so
0: excited about this wide receiver core and the fact they're going to be here for a few years. Yeah. All right, Kyle. My question of the week this time it's it's a two parter. Uh, it, it, I took a lot of time and effort as we were going through the show to come up with it. And uh, I come up with two parts of it. Part one is really, it kind of relates to what we talk about every week anyway. And that's those pesky New Orleans saints who own our first round pick this year. And the saints are obviously nothing like you thought they would be this year. Thankfully uh, they are now four or nine. And if the season were to end today, the New Orleans saints or I should say the Philadelphia Eagles will be picking seven uh, in the 2023 NFL draft. And obviously I think we can put the bed to quarterback talk. I don't think we're looking at a quarterback next season. Um, so I don't, I don't want to name Kyle and I, and I don't, I don't want to school. I just give me a position that you think is a way too early. Well, it's not, it, it, it's a position that needs to be addressed as, as you see uh, as what has transpired here in 2022.
1: Yeah. So you mean
0: with the, with the top pick that we have or the one, uh, with, that, that's probably be number 32? with the number seven pick, what, what do we do with that? <laughs> so I, I would, I would attack the defensive line,
1: man. I would go all in on building up a scary, scary defensive line. So I would go for either a defensive end, maybe uh, get a little more beef up the middle. I know you just read the George Davis, but, you know, Fletcher Cox is much longer for this league, and uh, who knows how much longer J-Bot Hargrave will be here. So you'd be looking at a pretty thin uh, defensive line pretty quickly if you don't act soon. And we know how much the Eagles love to build through the trenches. I think that would be the area that they attack. Um, I would go after a DN, but if they go after a DT, um, I would not be as flashy, but I would still be okay with it. I could even see them coming offensive line. to be completely honest with you. I mean, they're just on this track of replenishing and replenishing. And, I mean, Lane Johnson said he might only have a couple years left, so uh, and who knows with Kelsey? I mean, I know you'll have Jurgens in there, but, man, I mean, I could definitely see them building along uh, one of those two lines. But if I had to pick, I
0: would pick someone on the defensive line. Do you think a possible trade? would be out of the question for that criminal GM of yours? (laughs) The criminal GM that might uh, just, you know, criminal his way into the Hall of Fame, yeah. Um, I could see it, yeah. I mean, look,
1: this is, um, they have two picks, right? So he could, how he's, the last two years has uh, done a pretty good job of identifying a team, that thinks they're going for it the next year, but is actually going to end up being pretty bad. So if you could find uh, another one of those guys to, to swindle, then uh, I'd be all for it. You know, I mean, and and look, uh, those those top ten picks might be at a premium this year. I mean, you might be able to parlay that into uh, two, yeah. three, maybe first round picks. I mean, you saw what uh, what the Niners traded up to, to the Bears. Uh, to get Trey Lance, I mean, it's some, sometimes those kind of things just happen. So, I mean, if if one of those deals ends up on the table where you can still maybe get another uh, – keep one of your first picks uh, or, you know, get a first-round pick a little bit later in this draft but then have another
0: one or two for next year, uh, no, that, that would not surprise me at all. And I'd actually be all for it. And what about – because we mentioned it here on this program – what about the fact that the New York Giants, who are looking probably for a quarterback next year, would you trade with your division rival, and move, and let them move all the way up to seven to pick their next quarterback. Would you? Would you do that for a big haul, a huge haul, like first round picks over the next three years? Well, here's the thing. I, I, i don't That's a really
1: tough question. I will say this: that we are going to need as many high draft picks as possible over the next few years when Jalen Hurts gets this deal done. Right. Uh, that's going to be the number one way that we're
0: going to build this team um maybe did make a deal with the cowboys just a yeah. couple years ago and ended up but, with old Devontae smith so is but this is of a question? different type of trade this is this is, yes, it is. franchise it is. altering is sort of uh handing them their you yeah. know you're right franchise altering correct so uh that
1: definitely changes things i guess you know it, it's funny because uh it, it might honestly come down to you know i'm sure they would talk a little bit about it Giants would want to take, and what the Eagles' uh, evaluation of said player is. You know, I mean, say, say the Giants love Will Levis, but the Eagles think that kid sucks. So go ahead, take him. You know, I mean, that that could factor into it, uh, also. And of course, you know, the haul that the Giants might be offering could factor into it. So, um, not out of the question. Likely, probably not. Would I do it?
0: Uh, depends. Cross that bridge when we get to it. Yeah, God, that would be man my head exploded anyway okay kyle quinn uh part two of the question of the week is kind of a part two of last week's question of the week and it was centered around jalen hurts in that contract uh we mentioned that you know a, a lame duck quarterback situation for the eagles next season is not in the in the, in the works um it should not be in the works. so i mean that would just be bad um But um, this is the typically time of the year where those contracts get handed out. Donovan McNabb signed his first huge extension around this point in 2002. Uh, I believe Carson Wentz's extension came at this point in the season as well in 2018. Kyle Quinn, uh, should we expect to see anything from the Eagles with Jalen Hurts this season? Not, not in season, I don't think.
1: And I'm not even 100% sure on how it works with second-round picks and whether or not they're even able to negotiate after the or you know during the third year I, i'm not even entirely 100 percent sure on that yeah, that's point. i do think they're going to want to get out in front of it as quick as possible though and like i said uh last week sort of be out ahead of the market because you're going to have guys like lamar jackson looking to get paid um and you know they don't want to be the team that follows the market they want to be the team that sets the market so i do think you'll see it sooner rather than later um the chances of them going into next year with a lane duck qb i think are like maybe like point zero 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 one percent I just don't see it happening. So really the only thing that I'm interested in seeing is, uh, you know, the, the, the term and the numbers. I mean, how are they going to manage to build this roster uh, around paying a top like quarterback? Obviously it's been proven to be very difficult for every team in football. So, uh, you know, I, I, who knows? Uh, who knows if Hertz will be, uh, be willing to sort of um, – stretch things out to, you know, help build the team a little bit, sort of the old Tom Brady discount. But, you know, I'm not counting on that. I would imagine if he's in the running for MVP, then his agents would and should uh, try and push for every single dime that they can get. But, yeah, I mean, uh, I think we will probably see it sooner rather than
0: later. Yeah, I agree, too. And I think lame duck quarterback would be the worst thing you could do to a guy like Jalen Hurts um, yeah. in his development. All right, so my final question, and I mean that for real this time, uh, right now these the season were to end the Eagles would be the number one seed in the NFC. Kyle, with the new playoff format, there's only one bye uh, week now. It's to that number one seed that, you know, we used to have the one and two have buys, but we don't have that anymore. How important is the number one overall seed to Kyle Quinn? Um, we've seen the Eagles take that number one seed, obviously, just a few years back and win a Super Bowl with it. But how important are you wanting how important is that first round bye and home field advantage throughout the playoffs for you? Well, it's, uh, it, to be honest, it's
1: kind of everything for me because, um, one, you don't want to have to – well, two, I, if you're the second seed and, you know, you could end up still playing a ton of home games but having to go to uh, Minnesota, which, which which would change a lot. I mean, go, going to Minnesota versus playing Minnesota here in Philly would be uh, would be a major difference. Now, the thing that I'm really looking at is going from one seed to five seed because if you lose a division, that's, that's yeah. where you're staring right down the barrel at. And yep. if you are a five seed, uh, then they're – your path to the playoffs obviously becomes so much more difficult. But, but, I mean, having the games in Philly is, it's, it's everything. I mean, we saw what it did